What's up, everybody? Are you tuning in to the Challenge USA on CBS? Well, tune in to me, Tyson Apostle, as I break down each and every episode with my co-host, Amelia Wedemeyer. I'm also a contestant on the show, which gives you all the insider scoop. Amelia, how stoked are you to do this? Tyson, I'm freaking excited. I cannot wait to sit my butt down every single week to watch the show, then come here and recap it with you on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry ice tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. to the Ringer Reality TV podcast. This is It Was All a Stream, our franchise that looks at streaming shows. And today we are here to talk about the brand new straight to Netflix, as if it could go anywhere else, selling the OC, <laughs> Jody Walker. Hello. Hello, Juliet. What a great foray into reality streaming. Let me tell oh you what. Oh my God. Selling the OC went down real easy. It was like candy. I just have to say it up top. I like this way more than Selling Sunset. Like, way more. I'm so much more interested in it. There's still a lot of things that are contrived. But this is just, as you said, it goes down smooth. A lot smoother than Selling Sunset. And there's just a a lot to like here. Um, How do you think they compare? Well, so I, I have to talk to you about this. I kind of have to confess that I wanted to watch Selling the OC and talk about it. And I maybe held back the information that I watched two seasons of Selling Sunset and I really liked it. Um, But I just, I felt like I got behind. I didn't watch season three. And then there were like a hundred more more seasons after that. And I got so behind that I felt like I couldn't get back in. I know that I can. And, and I was thinking while watching this, like, wow, this is so great. I love watching this so much that I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back and watch Selling Sunset. But you're saying that this is su- thus far the superior franchise. Yeah, I think it iterates on Selling Sunset really nicely. And just so everyone knows, we're going to do nine, nine or so questions about Selling the OC. And we're going to get into them. But first, like, I was thinking about this and how it 
improves on selling selling Sunset and also selling Tampa, which I thought was kind of flat. I don't know if you watched that. I didn't watch all of it, honestly. I just found it boring. But one of the problems with selling Sunset in recent seasons is that it's just really not showing me enough real estate. I'm not right. seeing enough houses. And I think this does a really good job of kind of taking the way that Million Dollar Listing gives you an overview of houses and combines it with like Hills style drama. And I, I feel like this has... It, when Selling Sunset first came out, it was like so clearly a Hills derivative, also from Adam DeVello, who was executive producer of The Hills and Laguna Beach. But I feel like this is actually like a real iteration and like it takes all of that DNA and produces sort of like a cyborg reality real estate show that has a, a lot to like and also a lot of implausibility, but like that's totally fine. That's kind of like part of the franchise and and we're here for it. But the number one upgrade is the amount of real estate. Like in recent seasons of Selling Sunset, like we just did not get enough homes and we got a, we got a lot of homes in every episode. Yeah, and I like that at one point, Alex is like, yes, this is smaller than a house you're going to get in the Hollywood Hills, but it it's, and she says what else it's bringing, and you can kind of like hear her comparing yeah. what we're getting here. So I wanted to ask you, how does, so we're getting more volume of real estate. How does the actual real estate compare to the real estate on Selling Sunset? Because it must be said that this, franchise, this series, Selling the OC, opens with a $106 million house. Okay, Is that so a I, first? <laughs> I, I look for that house. Okay. I, co- I couldn't find it. I think that, the, and the, the, the selling agents, the listing agents, who are not on the show, kept referring to it as a resort. And so I think that is actually not a house. I think that is a resort called Laguna Riviera that maybe could be a single family house or something for someone really rich, but I actually think that was a hotel, um, like a small okay, hotel. interesting. Because all I could think about it, you know, we're watching The Bachelorette right now. All I could think is, this looks like a cruise ship. Like, totally. there were so many living areas. There were so many different, like, vignettes within the house that it, I think, I think one of the agents even says that at some point. Like, yeah. this is like a, a yacht, like a, a cruise yacht. Yeah. Yeah, she does. And I'm pretty sure that was a different, like, uh, there's, like, something about that property. Because that also, I'm such a psycho. I Google Earthed it. I didn't only, like, Google <laughs> look for listings. But I was like, well, I know it's on the coast. I know it's in Laguna Beach. There's not that much coastline. I'm going straight to Google Earth. And I think I found it based on the parking when they're, like, parking for 20. And it's like, yeah, you oh, know, parking yeah. for 20 when you have a lot of guests. And so... I just think with the real estate, there's more volume, but I think they're fudging it more because with Selling Sunset, I could almost always find the listings and like see what was happening. And with this, I could not find as many. I also just have to tell you in my research, and we'll come up, I'm sure we'll come back to him because I have a lot of thoughts. Tyler, Mr. Brittany Snow. Of course. I can't find any listings for him. I can't find a Zillow profile for him. And almost everyone has a Zillow profile, even though there's nothing on it. So... Is there any chance that he changed his name or is using a pen name? Because like the Oppenheim twins, he is a fifth generation real estate family. <laughs> and like, you know, a nepotism baby in Hollywood, he wants to be taken seriously for his craft. So he's not using his original name. His original name is Ty- Tyler Staniland. <laughs> I will say one thing that's different, though, his father's company, which is he left trying to like cut his own path. It's called Villa Real Estate. So it's not even like an eponymous company. So 
I don't know. We'll I come just back really don't want you to break my heart about Tyler. I need him to be a real real estate agent who is married to a Hollywood star and is 6'5". <laughs> who, who, by the way, Jody and I recently did a podcast on Ringer Dish about fifteen the 15-year anniversary of the movie musical Hairspray, co-starring Britney Snow, which we both talked about how much we love Britney Snow. So this is <laughs> what a, a treat. What a treat to have been stumbled upon her again. I believe Tyler says, my wife is an actress. My wife's name is Britney Snow in, <laughs> in a very succinct way. Um, yeah, just a delight to it. And I, I don't want her to come on screen ever, ever, ever. I want to keep her in Hollywood. Yeah, agreed. So back to answer your question, though, how does the real estate compare? I prefer this real estate a lot. There's a lot more variance. I don't I don't like the... There's basically two styles of new construction in LA these days, and that's mostly what they're selling. And it's like either very angular, boxy super modern, like what they'd call sleek. And I think they'd call it like sexy house in the Hollywood Hills or like modern farmhouse. Like those are the two that you get basically on, um, on selling sunset on selling the OC. These houses do really showcase the ocean and the view is like so central to basically all of them. And as a result, they have like different layouts and like really interesting bathrooms. And you know, there's like hallmarks of like expensive houses, but I think there's just sort of like more variants. And like, just personally, I would so much rather be, you know, in Laguna beach or Corona Del Mar than in the Hollywood Hills. So I'm way more into these houses. And it's such a treat to get to feel like you're at the beach by watching the show. I love watching them or listening to them walk through the houses and point out each and every place in the house where you can see the water because that's such a selling point. And then I immediately was becoming so snobby about it. Like at one point, Brandy shows a very nice house to a retired NBA player, but it's not waterfront in any way. It doesn't have a view of the water. And I was like, get him out of here. What are we doing? Like, get this guy some water. That was was super weird. That was the most akin to Selling Sunset season one and season two three-ish to me where like How I, so? know, I know Darren Carlson from the NBA he was on the Kings he's like been around the way like I just feel like this is like what celebrity what name can we get to be in the first season of this show it reminded me of when Tay Diggs was randomly on season one of Selling I do, I do remember when Tay Diggs was on <laughs> Tay Diggs is available he is so he is available <laughs> and tight tight with Mary anyway that uh, yeah I agree with you that house was like so lame compared to everything else but Depends on what you're looking for. But yeah, like the other thing is these houses, like the properties themselves are small and they talk a lot about verticality because like they're all built on these hills and the, the plots themselves are small. But I just think it makes it more way more interesting. And to be honest, for you and me, I, feel, I wonder if you feel this way, it was a real throwback to Laguna Beach. Like there is a real Laguna Beach, Orange County, ocean-focused lifestyle that comes through. And I like was delighted to be back in that zone. I was thinking about Laguna Beach constantly. And I mean, it is like a foundational brick in my personality. There's, I'm always thinking about it, but watching the show, I was thinking about it so much. And then I was kind of embarrassed that like, that's my only reference point for this area really. But also I think something that Laguna Beach did a lot is play in archetypes. Like it was about high school kids and each one of these kids is like, you know, you have like the protagonist narrator, Lauren, that's Alex in this show. You have, you know, kind of like the unattainable guy. That's Tyler. Or at least I'm creating that narrative in my head. Like I, it was, yes, it was absolutely for me, it was Laguna beach. And then at the one point when Gio said, welcome to the OC, but he didn't say welcome to the OC bitch. bitch. It was the OC for me. One thing I'm really happy about is it's pretty free of the, 
uh, Real Housewives of Orange County Musk, like aside from Geo's <laughs> mom. It doesn't it doesn't give a lot of Bravo, you know, like it has it not been tainted by Vicky Gumbelson. <laughs> no. And there's no like You're so bu- right. There's no like budget gym that Tamara started and just announces closing. Like, you know, it's very this is actually like who are They're these random us on rich the people? Coast. Yeah. Like we are not in any strip malls. No strip malls, not too much concrete. It's just like Ocean vibes, surfing, and like occasional Spanish tile. And that's what I want. That's that's luxury to me. It's luxury <laughs> and it's gorgeous. Everyone is so gorgeous that it's just quite a treat to look at. I would say I actually don't think everyone is gorgeous. I think everyone <sighs> is styled impeccably well and, in st- and styled to look impressive. But I would say like take away the hair extensions, the the very skinny frames, and the uh, fit, well-fitting clothes. And I'm just like, yeah, these are regular people. I disagree. I disagree. The styling <laughs> is heinous. I mean, well, these I don't, people... <laughs> I don't like it either, but it's it screams real estate. Okay, this question is not on our list. And then let's get into the questions. But my number one question for you, Jody, is... And I was thinking about this while I was watching. Would you ever want to work with a realtor who showed up dressing like Alex Jarvis or Alex Hall. Like, would you trust someone who felt this was a professional way to dress? We simply have to get into the Alexandras. Okay. We got to go all in real quick. So on (laughs) Selling the OC, there are three Alexandras. Three. Alex Hall makes the alpha move to go by Alex. I don't know that she's gone by Alex before in her life, but right here, she says, I'm going by Alex. And that is the right move because the the Alexandras, Alexandra Rose and Alexandra Jarvis, here to to be known as Rose and Jarvis, basically, um, have teamed up to have the worst personalities and the worst fashion sense in Orange County. And... The least natural banter on camera I've literally ever seen. They they must be, I'm sorry, just like just completely devoid of original thoughts and therefore reading scripts that they cannot deliver in a natural way at all. Like watching them is like watching like reality TV robots. It's you can horrible. hear them. You can hear them blink. Like you yeah. can you can like hear the like <laughs> think 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 think. It's so unnatural. But they're trying so hard to sell us that they are like this dynamic duo, and who could possibly refuse them? I guess because they're both blonde. It's no Jarvis. I, Jarvis is not blonde. She's like a light brunette. She has the essence of blonde. I absolutely. guess absolutely. She and she gives blonde. She gives blonde absolutely. And I do think Jarvis is like quite stunning. She could be sort of a runway model. She has those like angular features that she does nothing with except wear constant turtlenecks, turtleneck dresses with these really broad shoulders. I'm going to, I'm going to name what I think are their two most insulting outfits to greet a client in. (laughs) Okay. Okay. When Jarvis wears, I think you were already referring to this, a cropped tweed suit. The blazer is cropped and showing like six inches of midriff. Everyone in the show is constantly wearing a brass button suit, but no one is doing it more than Alexandra Jarvis. Alexandra Rose is constantly dressed like she's going to a club party in 2013. And at one point, she wears a sequined chartreuse party dress to see 
a client. It's just unbelievable. It's like, I want them to be able to dress however they want, but not in a professional setting. Alexandra Jarvis's tweed crop top suit (laughs) is so offensive that if Hillary Clinton were to see this outfit, she probably would have a heart attack and I'm not sure she would ever recover. It is so anathema to the serious working woman, like, just sort of like uniform. And I think that a lot of really formidable working women have a, have a uniform that involves like a blazer jacket. Angela Merkel, Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, Alexander Jarvis. <laughs> Alexander Jarvis. And hers is so offensive. I absolutely hated it. I was just like so angry that she was wearing this. And I was just like, who would ever take this person seriously? Like, this is a joke. The thing about the Jarvis and Rose, and honestly, this is a testament to the show. They are such flimsy people that the fact that they are even positioned as like some kind of counterweight to literally the rest of the cast. And I, and I can like kind of indulge this fantasy is suggests how potent the entire fantasy miasma of selling the OC is because they are awful. There's nothing redeeming about them. Also, well, let me tell you what's redeeming about them. Okay. That there's this much to sink your teeth into. Like they, it is very embarrassing to watch them. Alexandra Jarvis, Jarvis states a number of times how much she loves water. Like that is her main personality trait. Let's talk about her, her, uh, $6,000 splurge. She Let's got a water, a water machine. She mentions this in episode four. She has a water machine that she doesn't really know what it does, but it keeps the molecules smaller so that you don't so feel small. bloated while drinking water. So small. so small. That's not a thing. I'm no scientist. I'm no water sommelier. I'm positive that's not a thing. You're no water sommelier, but Juliet, you and I are both big fans of beverages. I've always got three going on a podcast or at any time. I I know that you like beverages too. Would you ever buy a water machine? What if it was, what if it was $2,000? No. I I bought a a Keurig, which I feel bad about, though I love it, in in a color that I maybe would not have bought it because it was on sale for like $70. So... 6,000 is way beyond. And then fucking Alexandra Rose is like, oh, it's an investment. You're saving on bottles. It makes sense. But like she was be trying to be serious. It was the most scripted thing ever, but she was trying to be serious and like supportive. It was, it was stunning. It was honestly stunning. It's stunning. Their dynamic is so strange because it seems like Alexandra Rose has the most experience and any listings they're bringing in seem to come through her. But Rose seems to depend on Jarvis for some sort of, like, status, or she's always complimenting her. There's a scene in, like, episode two where... Okay, here is what the clique that ultimately forms between Jarvis, Rose, and Geo has in common. They are constantly saying that people are jealous of them. That is, like, their main personality trait is saying that, like, people just must be jealous of them. That must be the issue, that people are jealous of them. And and Jarvis kind of, like, sets Rose up for that. And Rose is like, yeah, she's totally jealous of you. And Jarvis is like, oh, do you think so? But, like, she brought it up in the first place. It's just so like, I mean, I must say that they they really, for me, they bring something wonderful to the show, which is that it's just like 
unbelievable what outliers they are from the rest of the cast. And listening to them, like, pump themselves up and and talk about how they're the best female performing agents, it's very funny to me. It's very funny. I I looked... I. <laughs> I didn't look into Jarvis's um, real estate listings. I will for next time. She's an We're attorney. Only, yeah, she she's an, oh, as she says, yes. Yeah, as uh, she says. Aware. Um, she, I think she thinks that Alex Hall is intimidated by her because she's an attorney. Um, she's po- she posits that. Um, Alex Rose is like definitely the weirder one to me. Alex Rose attending the beach hang, which we'll come back to. I felt sorry. I feel sorry for her, but she also like does do herself any favors. Um, the most controversial person, like it's a, it's Alex Rose also has an ally. The most controversial person turns out to be Kayla, which we will dive into, but we haven't really given Alex Hall her due. We talked about her as a narrator. She's so the Lauren Conrad, but like Alex Hall is like the, is a force. Like she is a force to be reckoned with. She, um, she's like the wrecking ball of the crew. And, but also like the mother hen. She she wears a lot yeah. of hats. Yeah, I I can't get a real fix on her. She's like dating, but also not sure she really wants to. She seems to be a fairly accomplished agent. She, I could find a paper trail of hers. Like she seems like she's doing well. Seems like she cares. She's I actually think she's like a good iteration. Like again, I'm using that word. I'm like a reality archetype because there's like a there's something that I can't quite put my finger on with her, which is great. makes me want to keep watching. But also, like, she's very familiar. You know, you're, like, kind of familiar of, like, this, like, the alpha woman who's sort of, like, just, like, taking names, but is also playful. I don't know. I, I like Alex Hall, but I wouldn't want to know Alex Hall. I like Alex Hall, and I have a healthy fear of her, which, as I was watching, I don't even know if we said if we're discussing episodes one through four of Selling the OC. The front front half, in those first four episodes, I I think I spent the first two being like, oh, she's the Lauren Conrad. And then as soon as you hit the beach party, you're like, oh, she's Kristen. Like, she's (laughs) Lauren and Kristen. She contains multitudes. She is always wearing an incredibly plunging neckline. I just kind of like, I I kind of stand in awe of her in all the ways that like you can define the word awe, which is like, I'm fascinated by her. I like her. And I'm also, I think, terrified of her. Yeah. And so you, um, one of the questions you put down was, how old are all these people? So Tyler's 33 and he and Alex Hall imply that they're like around the same age because they're surprised they haven't met before. And... I have to wonder, like, which of the Laguna people do they know? Because they're around the same age, especially the younger ones. Like, after Lauren and Steven graduated, like, the Alexes then, like, do they know them? Um, And so I... That is such a funny parallel, too. That, like, there are, like, seven Alexes on this show and there were, like, seven Alexes on Laguna Beach. (laughs) Just a really popular name in uh, Laguna Beach. But... We'll have to look into that too, because I, I have a lot of questions about that. Um, and I'm sure there's some some overlap and, and whatnot. So we'll look into it. But I, I want to move on to some, some more of our questions. Um, one that you asked, what do we think about featuring co-ed agents? And I'm curious for your take. I mean, I just, like I said, I'm not a selling sunset expert, but I remember not really loving the dynamic of like Jason and Brett being the bosses and having all of these women agents sort of like 
defer, you know, it just like, I just even optically, it was just not my favorite thing. And so I, as soon they show, they show the Oppenheim group office and it looks like there are so many people in there. There are a lot of agents to juggle in this franchise, mm-hmm. but I like, I'm liking so far that there are men. Geo seems like he was transplanted directly from million dollar listing. Yeah. And so Which, I think that I like that. I, I think we yeah. need a little MDL energy. So I, I like that. I like it. And he becomes a little more complex throughout these first four episodes. Like at first, I thought, absolutely, he's going to be a nightmare. When And he was a nightmare when he was looking at that $106 million house. And I know they're kind of acting all the time, but I do think there's something to the fact that like that wasn't his listing, that he wasn't talking to clients. He was talking to other listing agents. It was all women there with him. And I was like, this guy's a nightmare who'd ever buy a house from him. And then once you see him with his clients, he's really charming and seemingly yeah. good at his Soft- job. And softer. Yeah. I just yeah, need to know, did I mention this already? That his mom who makes a few cameos also works at the O group. She's like, I went to the website. She's also on it. So I don't know why they act like she's like some like outside mentor, but she is part of the Oppenheim group. She's part of that Oppenheim group? Yes. Yes. Wow. Why don't they mention that? I, I Eventually, they give more information about her. But the first couple of times she was introduced, I was like, is she a real housewife? Why are they acting like we should know who this is? But that makes so much sense that she works there because all the other agents know who she is. Yeah. You know, they all hug her and know her. Yeah. So. I like the co-ed aspect for several reasons. One, something you alluded to, there was a real grossness to like Jason and Brett seeming like these pimps of these of these women. And it had a real like pimp and prostitute vibe. And that is kind of gone from this because Jason's in it a lot less. So far, Brett's basically, I think, almost only in one I don't episode. Even th- I don't think they're even miking Brett up. Like the few yeah, times ba- that we see he's him, he's completely silent. He's barely on it. So it feels way more like an actual workplace, even if that's kind of contrived because it's not really how real estate workplaces work. But as a result, it just feels like there are coworkers interacting with each other and we're starting to run into the sort of perils of attractive people working together. And I think that works out really well. And so like one of the problems on this most recent season of Selling Sunset was like Emma had a relationship. And you're just like, this is clearly so fake. They just like brought this guy in because I don't know, he was available or he's like a builder, who knows. But on Selling the OC, there are like, you know, problematic relationships because they work together and like, you know, are doing the show together. So I think it just, it makes for a better television show, honestly. Um, and also I, I think that like Jarvis and Rose being like, we're the top selling female agents is also like gross because it's like, you should, who cares? Like, but like why stratify it that way? But it also then like speaks to like the culture there as well, which is maybe giving it too much credit, but by having it be um, more co-ed, it definitely has like a, a, just more interesting, more nuanced and like less gross. So I'm definitely into it, which I think leads us to, we'd have to talk about Tyler now, just the Tyler deep dive. What you got, Juliet? I know you have a fact sheet. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. 
But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing in the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. I can't watch a reality TV show and see a very handsome six foot five surfer and not go deep. So I, first of all, learned a lot about um, Tyler's ulcerative colitis, which he had, I think, 10 years ago. And he had to take a year off from surfing. He's doing a lot better now. Um, but he's he's had some struggle. He's been surfing for a long time. He has He's like a sponsored surfer. I don't understand this professional surf world, but he's like, He's in it. He surfs all Is the he time. Still a professional surfer? Not a professional surfer, but he has like a surf brand that he works with. Um, okay, and so I think he's like a surfing influencer, maybe something like that. I will say a lot of these agents. Part of my um, skepticism about Tyler's career at the O Group. He's on the O Group website, but all these people post their listings. You know, they have like the address and and they're, they're doing their jobs using Instagram. Tyler's not posting anything about any of these houses. I can't, I can't see any real estate on, on Tyler Stanilin's handle. And so I'm worried about that. And I just got to say as a Britney Snow super fan, I'm not loving this for her, Jody. I am not loving this. What are you, what are you not, what are you not loving for our girl, Britney? What are you worried about? Tyler's a major flirt. Like, and that's okay, I guess. But like his behavior at the uh, beach party and when he he coined the term, to me at least, the cuddle puddle, I was just like, why are these various married people, men and women, partaking in a cuddle puddle? I um With their colleagues. With their colleagues. I just want to say, <laughs> I'm pretty close issue. to some of my colleagues. This would never happen. Absolutely not. I mean, like, it, this at is least sick. it should never happen. Like, this was that the was, most Laguna Beach that it got. Like, that whole scene, yeah. it was like the most, like, oh, Talon, Kristen, like, just whatever. And then the reason it made me so worried was A, important question what is a nosy? Alex Rose, or Alex Hall does it to Tyler. But in that conversation, they like make a bet between Polly and Tyler, and Tyler sets the stakes, and the stakes become someone skinny dipping. And it's just like, 
Most of you are in are in relationships. Someone's skinny dipping for a completely subjective bet. The yeah. bet is like if the sunset is over a ten out of ten, statistically impossible, then then Polly will skinny dip, and if it's under a 10 out of 10, anywhere under a 10 out of 10, then Tyler will skinny dip. And ultimately, it's Polly, and she does it. I guess the only saving grace is that at least he seems to be sort of a flirt with everyone, but I was most aghast at the way that he and Alex Hall were sitting together. I mean, she is intertwined around him. And at first I was like, is she doing that? And he kind of knows it's a problem, but no, like it points her hands are off of him and he is still like totally leaned back on her. And I think it gave me the most concern for our best friend, Brittany Snow, with this working idea I have in my head that Alex is Lauren and Tyler is Steven. Steven. And I guess that makes Brittany Snow, Kristen Cavallari, in this scenario, but it's like Alex has a crush on Tyler. I mean, there's just, there's yeah. no doubt about it. They, she alludes to it in episode one. They should be planting the seeds for it. I'm really worried. And then I went, went back and I looked at um, the fo- wedding photos from Brittany Snow and Tyler's wedding. They got married right before COVID. And so like, they haven't had a lot of time where they've like been exposed to, you know, real life as a married couple. I'm just really, really worried about it. Also, Tyler didn't remember their uh, first dance song and their wedding was like at the time of filming, probably like no less, no more than two years before. So like, that's pretty alarming. And this is on camera. And I don't know, like, it's just pretty weird to me to see Brandy, Austin and Tyler like partying late at night without their significant others and like drinking and dancing and stuff. I just think that's weird as does Austin's wife because it is weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Austin is always there. Brandy's not always there. Tyler's not always there. But Austin is at every party that is available to him. And he's the last one to leave. He's like always down to clown. Okay, Austin is the main person I have an aid. How old is Austin? It's a great, great question. I'm going to figure it out while we chat. What's your guess? <sighs> it's so hard because the way he talks, it's like he talks like he's not the way he speaks. The, the way he speaks is like he's in high school. But the things he says like about his family and about how long he's been in real estate, you'd think that he was maybe like 30, but he looks and acts no older than 25. I was going to guess 28. Um, I, I think guess like, that's a good middle ground, but I, it's, it, I can't figure it out. A male 28, though, is like a female 24 or 25. So, you, you know, you are emotionally correct. Um he is 31, soon to be 32. No. I know. He also looks much younger. I also have to he say... He looks so young. I, I despise his personality. I don't, like, hate him, but, like, his personality is just, like, so not for me. And not, like... I don't think he's, like, a bad guy. I don't think he's, like, worth focusing on, but I would... That's just, like, a... If I saw you at a bar, that's a hard pass. I'm good here for me. However, well, I think he is really cute. I like that having co-ed agents means, like, equal opportunity to have like um, a mailbox or ox too. Like, yeah. you know, we were ragging on the Alexandras pretty hard, but Austin is right there with them. As, he he might be better dressed. I honestly didn't notice his style, but I, we haven't really listened to him talk to a client yet, but I, I have a suspicion that it's going to be pretty tough. 
the way he talked to his wife was so offensive. His wife is expressing concern about why she's like not invited to go to like the happy hour with the O group crew. And he was like, well, no one else's significant others were there and blah, blah, blah. I think he was like, oh, we had to get a babysitter. Just like terrible excuses. And I really, really felt bad for her. Like, I- you know who I'm concerned for? Austin's wife. Yeah. I- I'm not concerned for Brittany Snow. I-, I think she's got a lot to hold down that relationship. I'm extremely concerned for Austin's wife because he just seems not prepared to like really. I mean, what she is asking for is an equal marriage. She's expressing herself extremely clearly. Like, she's like, why don't you just bring me to these events? We could get a babysitter. I just want, you know, I know you're trying to provide for our family, but I just want to be sure that we're going to have an equal relationship and that I'm not like the nanny. I mean, that's, that's so, it was so painful to hear and to listen to him just avoid every question was like, oh no. He's not making any changes. So this is the selling the OC is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Like he's he's thrilled to be in this situation. And it is probably the worst thing that has ever happened to their family. He was a model before. So like he does want like attention and fame and and all that. So it's tough. His daughters are really cute, though. I kind of liked his dad vibe. When he was like, don't yeah. set, throw sand, please. I kind of liked I that. I liked that too. Yeah, because he got kind of, he got serious. Like, yeah. you could take him serious for a minute. They were like little, little girl twins. They were so precious in their little swimsuits. I, I did like seeing him with them. Maybe he should be the nanny. Um, <laughs> I, that's that's great to know that he was a model and fills in a lot of gaps for me because he his something very specific about his personality kept reminding me of, I can't remember if it was the reality show about the models that was on MTV or if it was a true life. I think it was a true life, I'm a model. And there was this guy who was this like young man who was trying to be a model and he went and got a slice of pizza and fell asleep before he could go to his (laughs) go-to, just outright fell asleep in a public place. And I could just see, I could see Austin doing that. Just like falling asleep on a bench and sleeping through an open house. Totally. And the show that you're referring to, I believe is called Eighth and Ocean. I could see him on that as well. Great. I, yes. The, Great this show. guy, I think, was not from Ethan Ocean, but he absolutely... All, all of these people had the opportunity to be on a younger version of this reality show that they're on now. <laughs> um, let's talk about Polly and dig in a little bit more to this beach party. So they see a cockroach in an episode. Ugh. And then... That's tough. As a result, I guess they decide to get the office fumigated. Honestly, that seems like drastic to me, but fine. They use that as an excuse for Jason has sent us to the beach today. <laughs> and so the crew Thank goes you, Daddy to, Jason. Yeah. So the crew goes to the beach. And I would say this is kind of like in the first half of the, of the season, this is like peak Polly. And Polly is a British woman who is treated like she speaks a foreign language. They all pretend they can't understand her when actually it's not difficult at all, but they like can't understand her British accent. So that's... That's like pretty embarrassing for everyone. The, the pretty much the first thing you hear Jason say in his role as a boss of this company is he walks into the office. Polly's like, "How was your trip down?" And he says, "I can't understand a thing you say, Polly. It's so inappropriate." <laughs> I know. Like, can you imagine if your that was your boss just said that to you in front of everyone? It's so rude. Jason is like so much less nice to this group of people. It's really funny. Oh, really? Huh. I enjoy it. Yeah, he's like wait because he's just like you know. Mary is like his longtime friend. He goes, he went to like Coachella and Stagecoach with a bunch of the, a bunch of the women. Like <laughs> These are not his peers. <laughs> no, these are not his peers. He's much more like da- daddy sent us to the beach while the house is getting fumigated. 
So Polly is like just totally wacky. In one of the first episodes, she talks about how um, she was cheated on by her ex-husband with prostitutes. It's very raw, but she talks about it very forthright. It's very British to me, actually. Um, And then she just sort of becomes like, she's not really anyone's antagonist, but she's always a source of drama. She's always like willing to get into a verbal altercation. Um, And apparently at the beach, she said she hated Alex Jarvis, which was then repeated to her by Alex Rose. Um, Alexandra, I'm sorry, Alexandra Jarvis and Alexandra Rose. Um, And then she skinny gets at the end of this episode, episode three, and we see her boobs. And I think this is maybe the first time, definitely in the selling world, but like maybe in all of these uh, Netflix reality shows that we see some private parts. And I'm just, I was like, I did think that they were very lightly blurred, like on the nipple, but maybe not. Maybe. (laughs) It definitely gave the illusion of full boob. So lightly. And I was just like, I don't think this is the direction I want for my reality shows, but I I just wanted to mention it because it was pretty notable to me. I didn't think a thing about it. I was just like, yep, now we're skinny dipping this. Everything's adding up. But I, I I, took a real journey with Polly in these first four episodes. At first, I was sure I would not like her. I, she just seemed really loud. And that has not become untrue. But it, she, like her whole personality, it kind of seemed like she was putting on how quirky she is. I ultimately have come to believe that's not true at all. And I appreciate in any reality show when any amount of weirdness comes through because it's so unusual in a reality show to be able to recognize that someone is like truly strange and not in the typical, like the Alexandra strange sort of way, not just off-putting, but like weird. And she's, she's actually funny sometimes. Yeah. Um, And not in a way that is where she's written a line down People in this show are always, they like speak in constant housewives taglines. Yes. They're always like, well, in the first episode, they tried to do that. They tried, like, they hit, everyone had like a little opening, yeah, a little line. narration as it yeah. came in. When I was, I was glad it didn't continue, but I was like, okay, see what you're doing here. But that, you know, it's an amalgam of so many shows, which I, I guess I kind of appreciate at this point. But I like about Polly that she seems to have, like, at least some original thoughts. And she's not always like, if you play with fire, you're gonna get burned. Like, (laughs) she's a a very natural person in her testimonials, in the scenes. I don't think she has, like, the ability to act. And not in the way that the Alexandras don't have the ability to act. She just, she doesn't need to. She's, I, I... I would like to reserve the right to completely change that opinion because she seems entirely unpredictable. She's a pot stirrer and you need that in a show like this. So I I accept her. Um, What did you make of her luncheon with Kayla? And we got to really dig in on Kayla. They (laughs) went somewhere on the, on the water. They were really excited. They got a caprese salad. They didn't get too drunk. And they were sort of doing a, like, who has it worst competition, which is one of my least favorite conversations for any humans, television or in real life. Um, Absolutely. And this sort of led to the flipping of how we see Kayla. She started off as, like, one of one of the crew, and then her and Alex were partnering on Kayla's first uh, ever listing. Um, and things sort of took a turn with Kayla as a result of that meal. And I'm curious if it made you feel more sympathy for Kayla or if you felt more sympathy for Polly? 
I felt sympathy for neither. This <laughs> is <laughs> certainly the answer. Because like you said, they're having like a sad off. And these are just two people who should not ever be sat at a table alone together. Like they have <laughs> nothing in common. How old do you think Kayla is? I think she's young because she had her son when she was like 16 or 17. And I think he's eight or so now. So I think she's in yeah. like her, her mid-20s. Yeah, I think she's truly like 25 or 26. And I think that Polly is like a decade older than her. And they just, they have nothing in common. And (laughs) Polly's inability to even pretend to have empathy is really brought out in this moment. (sighs) And Kayla is just, you know, is saying how she's pretty overwhelmed right now. She's just gotten her first ever listing which is what she's wanted. We've been hearing her kind of complain about not having listings and how that's her dream and that's what she wants. And Polly's issue is that now that she has a listing, which is also what Polly wants and doesn't have, that she's complaining about how busy she is because she's also a single mom. And what what Kayla doesn't tell Polly in this moment is that she's also bartending on the side, which she tells Alex Hall later. I'm wondering what kind of childcare she has, but... I went to high school with a guy whose mom was a bartender and um, his house was the party house. So, wow. Well, her son's eight. So they're probably okay (laughs) right now. (laughs) Maybe she'll be well into her reality TV real estate career by the time that becomes a situation. But Polly just can't, she can't let her have it. Like she, she's just like, I'm not going to hear you complain. And so she just like, Polly, yeah. Polly being (laughs) cheated on, and her and that and the other woman being a prostitute is like a cross. It's like she acts like this is my cross to bear, but she's also like weirdly dining out on it as like why she is the way that she is and like how she got here. Well, and she she in that conversation with Kayla, she talks so much about how she's alone. She's like, you think you're alone? I'm alone. And I don't know if she means because she's British. I just don't really know what she means. I think she means <laughs> she's single. But Kayla's single too. <laughs> like. I know, but she's like, but you have another human. You have a son. I think that's that's what she meant. That's true. Yeah, I know. It's just like we are constantly seeing Polly at all these parties. Like, she's well-liked and she has plenty of friends. That's not to stick up for Kayla. I found them both insufferable in this conversation. So I can't stand Kayla. Like, I really can't stand her. I I don't like how she talks. I don't like how she dresses. I don't like her approach to real estate. But... The way that she's treated by her colleagues is also reprehensible. When she tells Alex Hall that she has bartends at night and she's always worked two or three jobs, Alex Hall has a negative amount of sympathy. She's like, she should just commit to real estate. Like, just give it up. Just like, if you want to be successful, you need to do only real estate. And it's like, Alex, you've clearly never struggled with money. Like, that was my takeaway. Right. I, I kind of, like, as a former full-time freelancer, I I kind of related to what Alex Hall was saying, which is like, if you're going to do it, you have to just dive in. But there are points in your life where you can't just dive in without having like a financial support, you know, like you have to be able to have money. Right. And also immediately, you know, Jody, I don't want to, I don't want to um, assume too much, but I've worked with you for a little while now and I could tell that you work really hard and are really serious about your work. And so it's I'm true. sure that you had, a, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but I think that you probably have like a full plate of work that gave you the security that you needed emotionally, financially, whatever. But not when I was 24. I mean, when I was 24 and living in New York, I was also babysitting. And it's like, but 
but I did not have a child. Now I'm just pollying her. You know, I'm, I'm not well, actually not comparing the two situations. I, but. Just, I just think with Kayla, like, she clearly is new to this. It's obviously really hard to break into because I'm just going to tell you that listing that she and Alex had together hasn't sold and they took it off the market. <gasps> they listed it in February. It came off the market this month, August. Oof, so oof, that is tough news great. to receive live on air here. Based on, based on what I've seen about Kayla, I don't get the impression she's going to be a great realtor. I just don't. She didn't handle that phone call well. She doesn't seem to... She's not pushy, which honestly, like, maybe makes her a fun friend, but not a great realtor. And I think it's wise that she has two jobs. And, like, also, she, you know, I I don't know. Like, I just feel like if you have financial insecurity, like, do what you need to do to feel more secure. And and I just thought, like, the way that Alex Hall responded... Alex saying that was completely insensitive. It was, like, pretty appalling. And so I feel bad for Kayla. And just, like, mild spoiler alert, things don't get better for her for a while. And I... But I also can't stand her. Like, I also think she's really annoying. See, no, I I don't know that things get worse for her. Like I, I I haven't I haven't watched ahead and I do not have such negative feelings about her. But I think what you're indicating towards about like that turn definitely happens in episode four. And I think that it's because of Alex Hall. Like she is just absolutely the audience surrogate. She's the first person we meet. She's relatable is the wrong word, but like you can kind of imagine her as a person in the world. Her archetype is really clear. And so she's with Alex. She's like doing these things with Alex and Brandy who are newer to the real estate world to try to help them get a foot in the door. She's bringing them on showing. She's helping them with listings. But then... I think once Alex Hall realizes that, like, maybe Kayla is not cut out for this, she can't even handle a phone call, she, she's, not, she's not on board anymore. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, we are, and then maybe we aren't either. Yeah. And then, but I saw the pictures. The staging looked a lot better, and they made the couch work. I'll send you the list. I'll send you the link. They made the couch work. They made the table work. Like, Alex did they was, put Did they right. put a bistro table on the uh, balcony like, like Kayla wanted? <laughs> I don't I don't think so because Alex was obviously controlling the show and she was right. like, well, you can't block the view, which is fair. Um, but they did get some nice bar stools. The staging looked fantastic. So great. But you know, they didn't sell. So I I don't know. <laughs> I just I really don't like Kayla, but I also think that like she kind of gets a bad rap. The one thing I like about this season is that like though people kind of gang up on her and at other times gang up on out the two Alexandras, Jarvis and Rose, there's no Christine Quinn here. Like no one's really left out on their own like raft. And I enjoy that. There's, there's it's ever shifting and like a lot of yeah. pettiness and like more over a lot of cattiness, but no one's ever really like sacrificed to the reality TV dogs. I don't, I don't know. I what like kind that. Of there's, you know, of. there's just, these are just a group of down to earth people who are totally, <laughs> totally realistic. But no, I, I like that too. I like watching the changing allegiances and like, and, and those allegiances really matter in this job. Like it matters yeah. who you're getting along with as far as like who has clients you can work with, who to sell to, you know, it's, it's, it's important to be collaborative. <laughs> totally. Okay. A couple rapid fire questions for you. Favorite house so far? I like size house that is Geo's client that he has the Flipping brokers. Wall. 
open for, yes, with the living wall that everyone is really taken with. Like I said earlier, I feel like a lot of these houses, perhaps because of their like constant views of the water, do kind of feel like cruise ships, which is not necessarily a positive, but that one felt very warm. It like, I yeah, I just, it felt different than most of the other houses that we saw. What did you think? What was your favorite? The lady from Napa that Alex Hall is working with. I forget her name, but she's an, an older gal. She is blonde. Lorinda? Something, Something like, like that. that. I really, I would never live in Laguna. So I'm looking for my beach vacation home. And I would never live there for a lot of reasons. This is for another podcast. I really liked that home where it was like, it was three levels. The first, like the middle level was like the living space. And then there was an upstairs bathroom, upstairs like bedroom. And then a downstairs bedroom, like sort of like two suites and whatever. And I think that's like an ideal vacation house. Um, it had really nice views. It was in Laguna. I I really liked that. That, that was like the that was like the house that I would most want for myself. So it did have really lovely views. Like I liked that every room had the insane view. Can I tell you my favorite feature? Yes, the retractable roof on the one hundred and six million dollar home. I I was truly awed by that. I know it was it was pretty cool. And like the way the bed like turned for it or whatever, it was really cool. It was because awesome. it was so pretty. It wasn't even just like a novelty. Like the roof was really gorgeous from the angle that you could see and from the above angle, which I assume you used in your Google Earth uh, search. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I liked it. That gives me some pause. Uh, I really hope the roof like goes back into place well. Like the moisture from the ocean is no joke. And so like, I just hope your, your house isn't getting fucked up from that. So I feel that sure that it does. I feel sure that it does. I really trust it. I do not trust the glass floor, but I do trust the retractable roof. Um, If you had to pick one agent to list and sell your house, who are you picking? Oh, ooh, ooh. You go first. Who are you picking? I'm picking Hall. I respond to her pushiness. I think that she's now I've seen some of her staging work. I like it. I just would ask her to, like, perhaps wear a shirt that shows, like, only... 60% 60% of her boobs instead of 40, instead of like, you know, instead for of like, some reason, I was never offended by her fashion. I was just like, yep, this makes sense. <laughs> this I feel is what you should be wearing. familiar with her breasts. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. I do too. And, I, and I'm like glad for the opportunity. I'm just, I guess I'm just incredibly <laughs> impressed. Okay. It's like really, really found, found the whole thing quite marvelous. Um, and just an improvement from the sequined party dresses that some other agents were wearing. I think my answer is also Hall. I was hesitating between Alex Hall and Gio because I actually do think that he's a very talented agent. I don't think I would personally respond to him very well if I was working with him. Like, I guess I'd be happy for him to sell my house, but if I was looking for a house, I'd want to work with Alex Hall. Yeah. Because I I I respond to her pushiness in a positive way. Yeah, I think so too. I like how fast she talks. It makes me feel like she knows what she's talking about. And I really think she does. When she takes that call, gets on that call with Kayla or rather steals it away from her. I I mean, she had to. She was saving a sinking ship. Yeah, absolutely. She she did what she had to do. All right, final question. Snog, marry, avoid. Of the men or of everyone? Everyone. This is a this is a fluid and open-minded it's true. podcast. It's true. I was in the show they were playing it with the men and everyone agreed yes. avoid, although they all said kill Geo. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay, 
You know, we haven't even mentioned Sean, who is like a bit of an outlier, and I find him wildly handsome. Very handsome. Yeah, he has an interesting story. He recently came out. He seems like a nice guy. I thought he was going to be a lot more primary, but then he ended up being like pretty secondary character. I, one thing you can tell with the show, in the first three to four episodes, they're really trying to figure out what the storylines are. And so like they yeah. introduce as many people as possible, I think, to like keep it open for for where it's going. And I think they kind of, like, reserve the right to bump up those B-listers to, yeah. to A-listers, like Sean, and then there's this woman, Lauren, that, like, we Barely hear three on. words from, but she's in all the press, and, like, all the other agents seem to really hang out with her, so... Yeah. A slight curveball. I really liked Brandy. We haven't Me talked too. about her a lot because she's like, she's not that involved in the drama. She's but she normal. seems really cool. And she's my outlier for being a good agent. I mm. think that like you said that her selling that house to the retired NBA player was kind of a la selling Sunset and pre- seemed pretty set up. But for being a new agent, she was talking like a pro, like a great talker. So I think maybe I'd marry Brandy. Ooh, love it. Okay. I would, is it snog? Is snog. the British, is that our British terminology? I would snog. Um, I mean, sure, let's go Tyler. He seems open. He seems open to, to some beach snogging. He's also just quite, he's quite attractive. It has to be said. Oh, he's so, he's, he's so handsome. He, he seems like, like kind of a, kind of a goober. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I, his personality doesn't do it for me, but. He's very quiet, but he's, he's extremely handsome. And I would avoid Alexandra Rose, who seems impossible to talk to. I would avoid Jarvis. I dislike her more. Wow. Rose, but I you don't have like. water in common, Juliet. <laughs> Jarvis, I really can't stand. Rose, I sort of feel sorry for. I just think she seems like really out of her depth on the show, honestly, because she's so bad at de- delivering the lines she's been handed. Um, so I'm going to avoid Jarvis. I'm clearly going to snog Tyler and marry. I like the Brandy pick. The Brandy pick's really good. I'm going to marry Brandy. Great. I'm willing to combine forces and make, <laughs> make this a thruple on a all thruple. three accounts. Because <laughs> we're quite aligned. We're quite aligned. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm curious to see what everyone's... Uh, what what everyone's press is like as, this, as people start watching the show. So... Um, Thank you so much, Jody. This has been a, a total delight. We'll be back to talk about episodes five through eight. And I'm really excited. Um, more, t- more to come on all the real estate. We'll do some deep dives. See who knows who here in Orange County, where there's some overlaps. Um, thank you so much to Sasha Ashel for producing this episode. And don't forget to listen to all of the Ringer Reality TV podcast coverage. We've got so much for you. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.